Welcome back to In My Opinionation, your weekly Blossom Recap podcast. Each week we break down an episode of the 90s hit sitcom and give you our thoughts on what happened that week. I'm your host, Mallory, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jen and Eric. Hey, guys. Ahoy. Hello. So, Eric, you missed this, but the last time I hosted, I decided that I'm I'm tired of just asking how we're doing. So instead this week, I want to know what's something new you did this week. Other than the baby? And that could be your new thing. <laughs> uh, the new thing is I've been staying up late, not because of the baby, but because of the Olympics, which is silly because I don't really care about sports. <laughs> when the Olympics happens, you're just like, go Canada. And then you cry when, when you get medals. You're just like, ah. We're all athletes during the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> but we also live during a time when you could just watch it the next day on the internet. That's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> no, they did. They're doing this cool thing this year because there's no one in the audience. So mm. they're asking for people to record them cheering them on and they're going to send it to the athletes themselves. Oh, that's so cute. So we're going to do that, that as a family here um, and then send it off that way. I wish we had seen it earlier because it would have been awesome to send that to the girls swim team that just won the four by 100. Yeah. One silver. Go but Canada. Still, two silvers in one day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such an adorable idea. Mm. Jen, what, what did you do this week? I got my hair cut. Yeah, you did. That's the excitement of my life. That's it. Yeah, but your hair looks super cute. It does look cute. So glad we're in an audio medium and you can all see it. I know, right? But yeah, I, I got my hair cut for the first time in, whew, first time this year, at least in mm -hmm. 2021. So that was pretty exciting. That is exciting. <laughs> I think the last time I got my hair cut by someone professional was midway through 2019. <laughs> Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> it might have been before that one was Rocky. Was that early 2019? Oh God. No, not early. It was fall. That was the last time I got my hair cut. Wow. Um, Jeez. So it's been a long time for you then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't mind it. They just buzz my head and it's like Megan can do that. Yeah, it's easy for you. <laughs> what about you, Mel? Uh, yeah, so my new thing was I got to see some of my family for the first time since the, <gasps> the pandemic. Aww. We're all double vaxxed. Uh, so I got to to go have lunch with them yesterday. And that was that was really exciting. Hugs are good, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was nice. I got to hug my parents and my sister, my youngest sister. I haven't seen my older sister yet, but we're all vaccinated. And I was just like, yay. I was sure I was going to cry and I didn't. So I'm, Aww. I'm, yeah, but I'm, I was really excited. It was really good. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy for you. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yay. Yay. All right. Great. So this week <sighs> we're back with the first episode of season two. Uh, it's called mm -hmm. Second Base. It aired on September 16th, 1991. It was written by Rochelle Rosette Schaefer and directed by Zane Busby. Zane, Zane Busby! I, I don't know why I said that so nonchalantly. I know. Have you given up on Zane Busby? Zane Busby would be disappointed in you. Zane I Busby. know. I'm sorry, Zane Busby. So this episode, Blossom recounts the events leading up to her, her decision whether or not to go to second base with her boyfriend. Ooh. Ooh. Meanwhile, Tony prepares for an earthquake and Nick tries to write a eulogy. So I have a little bit of season overview trivia before mm -hmm. we get into the episode specific trivia. I like it. We all know that the airing order of the first season was wildly different from the filming order. Mm -hmm. Whereas this season and going forward, the episodes are mostly shown in the order they aired with only a few being swapped around. I know last season, our trivia mostly consisted of Zane Busby. Zane Busby <laughs> and the airing orders. 
So I don't know that it makes sense to continue doing that unless there's something crazily out of order. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's neat that it's in order. Thank God. <laughs> um, we also have Genevon Oy is no longer a guest star. She's now a series regular. Yeah, Woo-hoo! girl. Damn straight. And there's also another new name added to the opening credit credits as a series regular. And that's Bernard Hughes as Buzz Richmond. However, Buzz doesn't make his first appearance until the next episode. So let's leave his official introduction until until we get there. Okay. We also have an updated opening number. So it's yeah. the same theme song, but this time Blossom is dancing on a white stage against a pastel background. And throughout the dance, there are several jump cuts, which show Blossom in different outfits doing different styles of dance. I don't want to get too much into all of the different outfits and styles here because that'll just be the whole episode. Mm. (laughs) But I did want to point out a couple of them specifically. So in addition to her standard pop jazz style of dance, she also does a Madonna inspired Vogue dance Mm -hmm. in a Madonna inspired pinstripe suit. Yeah. Does some tap dancing. And the, the second thing I want to point out was there are a couple costume piece repeats that we saw in season one. So the first sweater that she wears in the new opening sequence is the same or very similar to the sweater she wore last season. And the dress she wears during the tap part seems to be the same one she wore on her date with Ricky in the season one finale. Mm, good catch. I like mm. that. So getting into some episode specific trivia, this is the third appearance of guest star Justin Whalen. He has played a different character in each of his three episodes. Poor kid. <laughs> right? He first appeared in the original pilot as w- William Zimmerman. Then he was in The Geek as Jordan Taylor. And in this episode, he plays Jimmy. And Jimmy doesn't get a last name, apparently. Nope. This poor kid, like, you must just have a complex eventually, like, appearing within a season as three separate people. Or... They really liked him and wanted to keep bringing him back. So he felt really good about wanting to be rehired. Like in Star Trek, they just put different makeup on. Yeah, him. that's true. You can't really do that in Blossom. But no, yeah. they also did it on Veronica Mars. Mm-hmm. Who? Okay, so the guy who plays Lucky in season two, the the janitor who is stalking Meg. Mm, yes. He is the TA in season three. Oh, that's awkward. Maybe he's still the stocky janitor. Maybe. No, they put a terrible wig on him and glasses. And I I didn't notice it. I I somebody pointed out on the internet, but yeah, he's he plays two very different yeah. characters. Yeah. Interesting. Crazy. So so we have a character named Buzz coming on the show? We do. And they didn't take the opportunity to name him Buzz Zaneby? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like that was a missed opportunity, Blossom. Well, that's what we can call him. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. All right, are we are we ready for the patented Jen bubba bubba breakdown? Bubba breakdown. The episode opens <laughs> with Blossom running into her room and digging out a well hidden diary. She sits down to write, looking at the door several times to make sure no one's around. She begins to write in her diary, writing that something very important happened with Jimmy last night. But just then, Joey waltzes into Blossom's bedroom and she slams the book closed. She's annoyed that he didn't knock, so he leaves the room, closes the door and knocks <laughs> and then of course he comes back in she he says he has a question but he can't remember because she threw him off with the whole knocking thing <laughs> so instead he wants to know if she's writing in a diary and blossom doesn't want to answer that question so she distracts him by asking about his new se- new sneakers which he's very excited about and he forgets all about his question and blossom diary they're the pump up ones i would be excited too man those are <laughs> awesome did you have those yeah i did I did. They were Reebok, <laughs> obviously. A little pump. What What was the pump like? Did it do anything? It, it added air to something. Just yeah, but why. wouldn't they just deflate? Yeah, that's why you pump it again. 
That seems like a lot of work for a pair of shoes. My shoes also used to light up as a child. So. Well, every child's shoes light up. <laughs> mine didn't. I, mine didn't either, but I see so many kids with light up shoes. I was so jealous. You know what they do now with kids' shoes that light up? They have power buttons. So you can turn them on and off. Oh, that's smart. Such a good idea. Can't replace the batteries, but you could turn them on and you off. You can turn them off. That's so smart. <laughs> oh, no, they just broke. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> So Joey takes off and Blossom gets back to writing in her diary. She gets another very serious teenager sentence out when Nick barges in looking for help for a eulogy he's writing. He looks around for Blossom's thesaurus and also notices Blossom's diary. And she again tries to distract Nick by asking how the eulogy is going. Nick thumbing through the thesaurus says it's impossible. People shouldn't die, expire, perish by the farm. And he continues reading synonyms for die mm-hmm. as he leaves the room. My favorite is shake hands with Elvis. Yep, that was a good one. <laughs> this was, seemed so out of the blue. The eulogy? Just the whole, that whole section of story. Yeah, I mean, so we're watching this almost immediately after the first season, right? So there yeah. would have been a se- several months break between the last episode and this episode where things happened. Yeah. Like, life yeah. doesn't stop, right? Even though we're not watching the, the episodes there, theoretically, the Russo's lives have continued. We just haven't seen it. So fun fact, Ted Wass, who plays uh, Nick, is 39 in real life at this point. Mm-hmm. He's, he's younger than me, <laughs> but looks way older than me. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, people dying around this age is weird. And yeah. I understand yeah. how he feels concerning, you know, the amount of funerals I've had to go to in the past number of years Mm -hmm. but it never it Mm -hmm. it gets weird like especially when it's your friends at at this age like yeah mid 30s is a weird mid to late 30s a weird time to go to your friends you know i can see how distraught Mm -hmm. it was because i've been that distraught yeah i think it's more that we're entering a we're entering a new season he comes Mm -hmm. in and drops this information we get no information on if it's somebody we're supposed to know Mm -hmm. like there's no more detail on it i think that's the part that kind of threw me the only person who's getting detail in this is Joey, because we know these famous yeah. people that she's talk, he's talking about. Yeah. And yeah. I guess Anthony too, or um, yeah, Anthony, because of the, everyone knows that earthquakes are scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But like Blossom's boyfriend and Nick's friend. Whoever happened to pass. Yeah. yeah. Both of them are just like, who are these random people? Yeah. Especially Jimmy. Jimmy's the one that weirded me out the most. Cause I was like, <laughs> I don't, I sent you guys a message as soon as I saw him. I was like, yeah. who is this boy? So they do They do say several times that Blossom has been seeing him for months. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're just supposed to believe that she was seeing him in the time between the first season mm-hmm. ended and the season um, started. Well, I feel betrayed that she didn't tell me before <laughs> this episode happened. Yeah, and I also think... Like Blossom's a year older. I don't know about you guys, but I I could see physically that she is much yeah. older. Like mm-hmm. kids grow up fast. You know the <laughs> the time between fourteen and fifteen is is a big change. Yeah, and I think they're trying to mature the storylines along yeah. with the characters growing up. I think it's weirder because it's a character we know, and it's someone that like this is a big step, like her going to second yeah. place. But like to go with that, go with someone that we didn't really we haven't known before. It sort of seems weird as an audience member. Mm-hmm. Is where I'm going with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, we also did have last episode, the <laughs> season finale, where she'd been <laughs> supposedly been seeing Ricky for a while, and that came out of nowhere, too. Yeah. So, I, yeah. <laughs> They're staying on par with their weirdness yeah. and their relationship. I, I'm choosing to believe that she has been seeing him during the the hiatus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She likes those baseball boys. <laughs> and that they just wanted to kick off the season with being like, yeah, she is older now. And these are the type of things that she's going to yeah. be dealing with this season. You know, yeah. like wanting to let the audience know that this season is going to be more mature because Blossom's mm-hmm. now more mature. Right. Just with random boys. Random, right. <laughs> random baseball boys. You got to have those Letterman jackets. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. How else will you know that they're in high school and, and also an athlete? <laughs> so <laughs> Nick leaves. Blossom gets back to her diary. She gets another serious teenage sentence out. And then Tony bursts in. He's looking for Sterno. Now, if you were like me and didn't know what Sterno was, it is a jellied cooking fuel that Mm -hmm. comes in a little can. You'll often see it at buffets to keep Mm -hmm. the food warm, um, used for fondue or as um, for camping stoves. Yeah. Blossom finally breaks from all of these interruptions and she kind of snaps at Tony and he gets all offended at her, tells her, no, he's fine. She can just have her powdered eggs cold. And Blossom, can, you can see she feels a little bad. So mm-hmm. she softens a bit and asks what he's talking about with these powdered eggs. And Tony explains that he's planning for the big one, the next big earthquake. Blossom, again, wanting to be alone, plays Tony a little bit. She compliments him, tells him that she's glad that someone's checking for things like if the gas heater has an automatic shutoff. Clearly, Tony has not thought to do that. (laughs) And he immediately runs off to check the gas heater. Mission successful. Blossom is now alone. So she tries to write again. And this time we learn some actual information. She's been dating Jimmy for months. But surprise, Joey's back and he remembered his question. But he realizes that he forgot to knock. So he leaves, closes the door, (laughs) knocks. That's good. That's showing that he's learning. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And he waits for Blossom to say, come in. And his question is, given the opportunity, do you think Christina Applegate would date me? I think so. Really important questions. Really important questions. <laughs> so Blossom uses her mind games once again to get what she wants. She tells Joey that she heard Christina won't date anyone who hasn't read War and Peace. And for those like me who have never read War and Peace, <laughs> it is over a thousand pages long. Mm-hmm. And according to readinglength.com, it would take the average reader 38 hours and 46 minutes to read. So we can safely assume that Joey is slower than the average reader. So it will take yep. him much, much longer. It's never getting done. No. So Joey, <laughs> Joey immediately runs off to read War and Peace. Fed up, Blossom finally locks her door and gets back to writing. And she decides to start at the beginning a few days ago. And we crossfade to that flashback. Now, this episode, if you haven't already watched it yet... It's done with Blossom narrating as she writes in her diary, overlaid with these flashback scenes. So it's going to be a little mm-hmm. back and forth. Yeah, so it's, a, it's jarring if you're not expecting it. Yeah, yeah. So I, if you haven't watched it yet, I encourage you to watch it before you continue listening mm-hmm. so that you understand kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Blossom tries to romanticize her life. And there's a running bit in the scene where she writes that writes something that she deems perfect in her diary and then follows it up by saying what actually happened. Yeah. And we get a brief scene of that perfect version followed by the actual scene. So first she says that she and six were discussing existentialism, but they were really talking about their hair. So we get a brief moment of six Mm -hmm. being very unsix like wondering how can one have free will in an unfathomable, unfathomable i can't even say it universe <laughs> followed by the two girls debating whether you poof and then moose or move and then poofs move and then poofs moose and then poof i you know what i kudos to them for not getting tongue-tied because clearly <laughs> these are very difficult lines to say now mallory as someone with also curly hair we both yeah. have curly hair 
what do you do? Because this is very important to know. Well, well, first of all, there's no poofing involved, but there is scrunching. For me, like poofing isn't like 90s poofing, but the making sure everything has fallen into the right place. Yeah. So who's right? You put your product in first and then you scrunch it. Yeah, I'm fully a moose then poof. Yeah, yeah. I know. Even I know this. I have two sisters. I, of course I know. This. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why you would. The only way that you would poof and then quote unquote moose is styling your hair and then spraying it with hairspray to make it last. Yeah. Well, you could also poof it with a with a pick. Yeah. Moose and, and yeah. picks. I remember the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> so then Blossom uh, writes that Jimmy showed up and at first we see him. He's topless in boxers holding chocolates and flowers. But of course, in reality, he's in jeans, a shirt and a letterman jacket. But a girl can dream, right? Mm -hmm. Then Blossom says Six saw what was happening and gracefully left when in reality, Blossom kicked her out with a simple get out Six. So this is the moment where we see who actually walks in and who Jimmy is and where I had to be like, okay, wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he walks in and it's not like he's just someone we've seen before. He is Jordan Taylor, who is the asshole that set Blossom up with the nerd. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think with the what would have been a month long hiatus, people probably wouldn't have recognized it as easily as we did. Mm. I feel like when I was that age to like boys like that was my my Jonathan Taylor Thomas kind of look type and I would have recognized that boy because he was so darn cute I was six when I first watched this so I probably wouldn't have recognized that it was the same kid I know I don't think I would have noticed either I, I just feel like they were so close on the episodes were so close on top of each other if it had been like two seasons or and he's wearing the letterman jacket yeah yeah, yeah I don't know it was just an odd casting choice to me See, that's where you you went in this part of the scene, whereas I was thinking, wow, they're actually talking about existentialism as, uh, you know, six leaves. <laughs> yeah, as, as six leaves, she says, oh, fine, I'm good enough to talk to you about existentialism, but get to the good stuff and it's get out six. So I guess theoretically they were talking about existentialism. <laughs> that's what makes me happier about this. <laughs> but I, knowing Blossom and six, I would say Blossom was talking about existentialism and six was talking about hair. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. More than likely. <laughs> I don't know. Six can be deep sometimes. Sometimes, but in in a very six way. Like, I think she would have described existentialism through hair. hair, Yeah, through hair terminology, you know, (laughs) like she would have talked about her hair in in an existentialist way. Don't ask me what that is, because I I can't tell you. But (laughs) is it actually a poof or is it not a poof? We don't know. Schrodinger's poof. (laughs) So next, Blossom says that her and Jimmy's banter was snappy and we get this very theatrical scene where jimmy says that he missed blossom but she says that he couldn't have because she's right there my reference might be off but this felt very like edward albie is that the playwright i'm thinking of the way this scene plays out you guys don't know i'm gonna say that i'm trying to think of if mm, like very absurdist theater this reminds me of like old like 50s tv shows that's what this reminded me more than theater i don't know why i yeah it reminded me of i i I think I'm thinking of like absurdist theater that is kind of playing on the 50s tropes. Mm, Okay. I remember in um, Singing in the Rain. I don't know. I assume you guys have seen Singing in the Rain. Yep. Where they're doing this. I love you. I love you. I love you. And they're going back and forth between the microphones. Yes. That's what this scene reminded me of. Like spot on. Like, yes, I do love you. I don't. I do. I love you. (laughs) Yeah. That's all their lines. Just I love you. I love you. I love you. 
yeah so i i I don't know i enjoyed the scene so finally blossom concedes that she's embellishing but the important thing is that jimmy did come over he did look good and they were very witty and when we see what really happened it's just two awkward teenagers being awkward (laughs) oh yeah which feels very real yeah there's standing there being like neat so she then writes that the real crux of this is that they went out that night and she's only embellishing because she's never had anything interesting happen to her before. And I have to say, as someone who's just watched 13 episodes of Interesting with four more seasons of Interesting to come, that she is a very interesting person and interesting things happen to her all the time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We're back in Blossom's bedroom as she writes, someone's knocking on the bedroom door. It's Joey. He wants to know why the door is locked. <laughs> so Blossom opens the door and asks Joey, like, shouldn't he be reading War and Peace? And he says that he was able to find guns and ammo, field and stream, town and country, but he couldn't find a magazine called War and Peace. <laughs> Very on brand for Joey. Blossom informs him that it's a thousand page book. So he quickly abandons that goal and instead pivots to Cindy Crawford, asking if she reads books. Blossom works her magic once again, telling Joey what Cindy Crawford really likes is to read letters from teenage boys. <laughs> That was so good. So good. She knows exactly how to play him. Oh, yeah. So he runs off to to write this letter. And we're back in, in the flashback. The boys are all sitting on the couch in the living room. Blossom writes that Nick had warmed up to Jimmy over the past few months. But what we really see is that Nick did not like Jimmy at all. Yeah, what else is new? Right? Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Blossom decides to join them in the living room while she waits for Jimmy. Again, throughout the scene, we have Blossom's narration of what happened, contrasting what actually happened. She says that Nick was quietly writing his eulogy, but we actually see Nick ranting about how the guy was only 38, didn't smoke Mm -hmm. or drink, went to the gym every day and still died young from a heart attack. Yeah. She says Tony was watching an earthquake special, but what we see Tony doing is also hugging a pillow, rocking back and forth with anxiety (laughs) and worrying about the building falling on him. Mm -hmm. Which is a little out of character for him, but whatever, it plays into the joke later. So yeah. And she says that Joey was full of compliments, but we see Joey just stare at Blossom and then tell her that she looks really weird. (laughs) (laughs) And Blossom exacts her revenge by writing that Joey's hair fell out. And we get this moment of Joey in a bald cap just holding handfuls of hair. The worst bald cap. (laughs) There were folds on where the bald Oh, yeah. They just slapped that thing on. They're like, it's going to be on screen for 10 seconds. It doesn't need to be perfect. So funny. And then she makes her entire family disappear by writing that they spontaneously combusted. (laughs) And that's when Jimmy came in and the two of them danced into the night. And we have this fantasy dance sequence of Blossom and Jimmy performing a Fred and Ginger inspired number to cheek Mm -hmm. to cheek. Blossom's in this very 90s fancy dress and Jimmy is in a full tux with tails and white gloves. If you don't know who Fred and Ginger are, <gasps> Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Movie stars from the 50s, known for their dancing. Um, I actually have a link to them performing Cheek to Cheek, and we'll put it in the show notes. Mm. Yep. I, I loved this dance. I, I, I love 50s musicals and the style of dance mm. and stuff. It was very cute. Like, you could tell they had worked on it, but they were still kind of fumbly teenagers about it like a friend ginger were known for like the foxtrot i think was their mm-hmm. big dance style which is pretty difficult to do like if you're doing it right you look like you're floating so these poor teenagers that are like figuring their bodies out are yeah. trying so hard to do this elegant dance and it was just so adorable yeah see we we know that maya bialik is a fantastic dancer we see mm-hmm. her dance several times throughout the season we've seen her in the opening number yeah 
so yeah, I feel like this has been toned down probably for for the actor who plays Jimmy, but it's still really sweet, like the way they yeah. look at each other. And yeah, it's it's oh, it was so cute. I know. Yeah. So we're back in Blossom's room. She concedes that that's how the night felt, at least, mm-hmm. even if they didn't dance off into the night. But her daydream is interrupted by Tony banging the frame of a mirror on her vanity. And he tells her that it has to go. Blossom was startled by Tony's banging, but Tony is more worried about the inevitable giant earthquake and shards of glass careening towards Blossom as the house shakes and crumbles. The earth liquefies and a tsunami hits. He's he's just spiraling, just spiraling. He's not far off. Give it give it about 30 years there, bud. (laughs) Blossom tries to tactfully ask Tony to leave, leave her alone with her thoughts. And Tony apologizes. You know, he's only trying to save her life. But he's like a dog with a bone. He can't let the earthquake preparedness stuff go. So he tells her that, you know, of course they can talk later. Why not after the earthquake? She just needs to be sure to shout under here so that he can find her. (laughs) And as he leaves, he notices this giant pencil in Blossom's room that we have never seen before either. (laughs) I want this pencil so much. Right? It's so fun. It is really cute as a flying projectile. Yeah. So he t- so he takes the pencil with him as he leaves, you know, safety first. Mm-hmm. Blossom gets back to her diary, finally telling us about the date itself. Jimmy and Blossom are on their date. They're sitting on a bench in a park. She narrates that it's so easy to talk to him about everything. And the conversation that we enter is her telling Jimmy about the time she fell off the monkey bars as a kid and split her chin open. She was trying to impress a boy who passed out after seeing her bleeding because <laughs> there's a surprising amount of blood in the chin. <laughs> sure. Meg got, um, she fell on ice and had to get stitches there. But I don't remember her saying that there was a lot of blood. And stitches generally means it's a deep cut. Yeah, I feel like there's just all blood in all body parts. Yeah. <laughs> It'll get there eventually. Yeah. Blood is just gooey <laughs> in general. So Jimmy asked to see the scar and then he tells her that it healed beautifully. And he makes this face that just says, why the fuck did I say that? That was perfect. I love that. Yeah, he was trying so hard to be sweet and be like, oh, no, you're beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) I love you. I love you. I love you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he changes the subject. He points to a baseball diamond, telling Blossom that that's where he used to play Little League and his parents would come and cheer him, cheer him on. It was his mom and her husband and his dad and his many different wives and girlfriends. And then he tells her that he wanted to fly ball into Dr. Mitchell's waiting room. And Blossom gets all excited because Dr. Mitchell was the one who stitched up her chin. And I think these little cute connections are adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have several connections like that with my husband. You know, we we grew up, we grew up in the same town-ish. He lived just outside mm-hmm. the town. But we found out that we had the same family doctor growing up and the same dentist and all of this stuff that I'm sure there are tons of people that I shared a doctor and a dentist with. Mm-hmm. But it's cute because it's my husband, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. So I found that moment. Adorable. Mm, that's very cute. Where are your connections, Jen? With Matt? Um, not many. <laughs> yeah, like musicals. That's like me and Megan. We, li- we like yeah. musicals. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, Matt grew up in a different town, like within the same municipality, yeah. but a different town, technically, and went to different schools. And he's just older enough than me 
that we didn't have the same circle of friends until university, which he was already gone from by the time <laughs> I got there. So anything we do have in common is just like wild happenstance at this point. Yeah. I wish I had connect more of those random connections with Meg. Every time, yeah, every time I see yeah. something like that on TV, I'm like, oh, it would have been cool if I knew Meg. I guess it would have been weird because then I, she would have been in grade nine when I was in OAC. Yeah. Yeah, let's not think about this. <laughs> I've asked Matt before though. Like, have you had that come? Like I asked Matt, I'm like, what were you like in high school? If we had been the same age and in the same high school, would we have been friends? He's like, Oh, nobody should have known me in high school. I was an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> like, okay, I guess it, guess I'm glad it worked out the way it did. I, I was such, it's, it's such a weird time for me, like high school. Like it's such a weird time for people in general. So I don't know. Was I an asshole <laughs> in high school? I think it was too much of a, I'm, I'm trying to be cool. I think that that's something that I've tried to, I've tried to like move away from that. Like I realized that I did that. I did that all through university as well. And it's like, I'm trying to be like, cause you know, yeah. I, I wasn't popular in high school. So you try to not either not care in high school. And then when you get mm-hmm. a little bit popular in university, like I want to be that yeah. then. And he's like, ah, I don't know where I'm going. It's like a reinvention. Yeah. yeah. Ah, growing up is strange. Yep. It was wasted on the young. <laughs> I never thought I had to say that. I'm old now. We're all old now. I'm as old as Nick. Stop talking about it. You're going to make yourself sad. But also we've discovered that if Nick is 39, he yeah. would have had Tony when he was 18 or 19. So I don't think that he's a very good comparison for where, <laughs> where you are in your life because you were not a teenage father. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Or a teenage musician father. <laughs> Which also also would, would strengthen the theory that Belinda is their mom. I'm telling you guys. Anyways, mm-hmm. so so Jimmy and Blossom say that they wish they had known each other when they were when they were kids, and then they share a long ass kiss. Yeah, get it, girl. Yeah. And <laughs> as the kiss goes on, narrator Blossom describes the way Jimmy makes her feel. And I wrote this down because I thought it was a very good representation of of young love. Mm -hmm. So she said, there's something special about Jimmy, something that makes me feel calm and nervous, warm and shivery, brave and scared, strong and weak, sane and crazy all at once. Mm -hmm. Oh, if that doesn't describe like your first relationship or any relationship, but really that first one, you're just like, yeah, you're not used to all the emotions and you don't know which ones are good and which ones are bad emotions. And it's just everything, everything at once. Oh, oh my God. That line got me a little bit. (laughs) Did it? (laughs) Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, for sure. It's a good line. Yeah, 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 it was great. So she then comments on that this is really how long the kiss went on. And she knows because she was wearing her glow in the dark watch at the time. (laughs) So they break off the kiss and decide that it's time to go. They both clearly want to keep making out, but they're young and they're unsure of, of how to move forward. Mm -hmm. Back in Blossom's room, she's daydreaming as Nick walks in, he returns her thesaurus kind of snapping her out of her daydream. And he asks if she's okay because she looks flushed. <laughs> dad, get out of my room, dad. God. She she's quite polite to these people constantly yes. interrupting her. Yeah. Like she doesn't have at this point anyway that like, leave me alone. I'm a teenager kind of yeah. attitude, you know? I gotta start knocking on my kids' doors. Oh no. <laughs> like I know I should start doing it now. Yeah. Just to be polite. Damn it. Yeah. Well, and, and teach good manners, right? Yeah. Lead by example. So Blossom insists that she's fine. Nick tries to engage her in a conversation, telling her, you know, she should go outside and get some air or maybe have something to eat. But she turns him down and says, you know, she just wants to be alone and have some privacy. And he he smiles. He says he'll leave her alone. He heads to the door. That seemed a little too easy. 
And that's because it was mm-hmm. <laughs> before he leaves. Nick says, when you're done writing in that diary, you wouldn't mind if I read it, would you? <sighs> no, you can't read. That's the like, clearly it's a joke, but not a joke. I feel like that's the one thing a parent should never ask. Yeah. Right. What are you jokingly saying? I feel like that's something I would be like, oh, I would say something like that stupidly. I feel like if a parent asked me to read my diary, I would probably stop keeping a diary because I know that they're going to try and sneak reading it. My note says in caps, burn your diary, Blossom. Yeah. Somebody's going to get in there. Also, it wasn't hidden that well. It was like in a paper bag. No, but it was in it was in a paper bag in another bag. Like it was in several things. Mm. Yeah. I feel like Nick wouldn't actually read it. I, I don't know. I, I feel like if he got desperate, he might. Yeah. I don't know. And also just asking to read it already puts into Blossom's mind the idea that he wants to read it and doesn't Mm -hmm. want her to have that private outlet. So I'm going to write down in my life notes to not joke around like that. Because that's totally something I would say. Yeah, don't do that. Because I joke with my kids all the time. I know they hate it. (laughs) I feel like that's something you could do basically up until Blossom's age. But at that age... Oh, my God, they're going to take it so seriously. Yeah. Yeah, And and I think I think it's also important. I think it's important for kids to know that they can talk to you about anything. Like Mm -hmm. she should be able to, like, talk to her dad about this and not feel judged about what she's going through and this decision that she's making. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she should also her dad should also make it clear that she has the right to keep things private, that he doesn't you know, he doesn't have a right to her private thoughts. Yeah. Did you guys keep journals or diaries when you were growing up? I tried a couple times because mm-hmm. like that's what you're supposed to do as a teenage girl. Yeah. But I I always found it weird writing a diary. Like mm-hmm. I I don't know, I never really got into it. It's it it felt like why am I writing to myself? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. No, for sure. Yeah, I used to do it in fits and starts. Actually my mom uh, and again, I don't I don't think she read him, but she gave me a box that was in their basement and it was like 10 to 15 books that was just all journals from like me being seven up into college. Wow. I was like, I hope they didn't read these because there's a lot of information in there. (laughs) (laughs) I, I kind of wish that I had journaled only because being able to go like, so I I listened to office ladies and um, Angela Mm -hmm. Kinsey kept a journal when she was on the office. And so she has all this stuff that she can go back and be like, on this day, we filmed this and this happened. And it would be nice to have all that stuff. But I just, it feels really weird to me the same way that like practicing, like rehearsing lines in a mirror feels weird to me. Like Mm. it just, it feels awkward. Did you ever keep a blog or or a uh, live journal back in the day? Mm -hmm. I had a live journal. (laughs) I do have a live journal. I have a live journal as well. You know what I have learned about keeping journals? As much as it's fun to a degree to go back and read it, I'm mostly embarrassed for myself. That's what I've learned from Mm. keeping journals. I, 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 I would have liked to have kept one because I don't really... I was so out of it as a teenager we know i know but i would love to know what was going through my head at the time right yeah just because it was all over the place so yeah i I wish i had kept one send us the live journal link oh those are those are all gold feel free to join (laughs) my live journal so nick nick leaves after attempting to to read blossom's journal and she gets back to writing writing that after the last date 
something big was happening and she needed to talk to someone wise, someone sensitive, and most importantly, who's always home. So she calls Six. (laughs) So we're back in the flashback. Blossom and Six are in Blossom's bedroom and Blossom has just finished telling Six about the date and all the kissing they did. And Six is enthralled in this conversation. (laughs) She's so excited for Blossom and she wants to know what happened next. And Blossom explains, well, you can't kiss forever. And at a certain point you want more. And she's kind of embarrassed about it, but she's also desperate to talk to someone about this because she's, she's unsure, you know, this is, this is a big step. So she explains that she's talking about the big time, which to her is possibly going to second base. Six literally screams. She just screams. Yeah. She can't get over the fact that Blossom is thinking about going to second base, but she's very practical and decides that they need to define what second base is. Which is important. Yes. Mm -hmm. I wrote thank you in all caps because... I feel like everybody has a different idea of what the bases are. I'm sure that the three of us sitting here have different ideas of what the bases are. Do we, are we comfortable talking about it? I, so I will say that I have never been clear. So I don't really have a clear idea from what they're talking about in this episode. It sounds like groping, whether that's over the shirt or under the shirt. Yes. So um, my personal Second base is what is actually on second base for Urban Dictionary, which is <laughs> second base is when a guy feels up a, a female's breast over clothing, under clothing or under the bra. Yeah, that's about what I think of it. I think and I for me, third base is anything below the belt. Yes, I agree with that. OK, pre-sex. Did, did you guys use these terms with your friends when you no. were younger? No, these are dorky weird terms to use in real life i think i think that's why it's so unclear what they are because we hear about them in the media like on tv and movies and stuff but i don't know that anyone in real life is actually like i went to second base last night like home run guys (laughs) yeah it's a real moving target depending on like you can change the definition depending on what you actually want be like it's okay this is only second base but like really in society that's third you know what i mean right. yeah yeah <laughs> so blossom is clearly uncomfortable with having to define it and she doesn't want to say it exactly and i had i had two thoughts about this so first if you can't say the words you probably aren't ready mm-hmm. but second in reality i think what we're seeing here is this is a primetime tv show and there are rules about what you can and cannot say on tv mm-hmm. so i don't know that blossom as a character would have felt uncomfortable discussing it with six but they had to have a reason to not say exactly what's going on Yeah, I could like them using the euphemism felt pretty natural for them. Yeah, well, it's it's on TV and that's usually where you hear it the most. So seeing teenage people on TV do it. I I, yeah, I mean, like six asking her to define her terms and her being like, oh, I don't want to say it because I'm Mm. pretty sure on TV you can't be like, he's going to grope my boobs. Like, (laughs) yeah, you know, that that wasn't. Yeah, I'm going to lift up my shirt. You know, like they couldn't they couldn't really say that. I want to get into some booby business. Yeah. So so Blossom narrates that it was a delicate subject and she felt like she needed to consult an expert. And just like that, baseball player Reggie Jackson pops up (laughs) on Blossom's computer screen and explains that second base is 120 feet from home plate, 90 feet from first and 90 feet from third. And it's usually covered by the shortstop or the second baseman. Second base is halfway home and there's no ball game without second base. But now he has to leave because there's a young man in Sarasota who's having trouble with the infield fly rule. And I hope that was educational for you. And now we all know what second base is. I love that. That was so good. Can I just when it first popped up, it almost felt as random as, say, like the elf appearance. But his delivery of it was so 
good. Like it was perfect. Obviously, he's not an actor. Yeah. But because he wasn't an actor, his delivery of it, it's like, you know, when they talk to them after the game, it's like, well, mm-hmm. we really all, we really just played our hardest, <laughs> you know, gave it 110%. Like the delivery of it made it so perfect. Yeah. It was great. And this also like gave a reason as to why her computer was awkwardly sitting on her vanity facing right? the audience. <laughs> I know uh, what people do. My, my vanity is right here. (laughs) (laughs) So narrator Blossom concedes that there is no expert to consult on Mm -hmm. her situation. They didn't have an urban dictionary. They didn't have urban dictionary at the time. No, which is even funnier because I found out there's a second different. (laughs) Okay. What's the second definition of second base? Second, second base. So I looked up second base first and I was like, you know what? Maybe I should look up what the sexual bases are because maybe they have a different thing there. And they do. So first base is kissing French open mouth or just a peck. Also, any above the belt touching is included in this base. Oh. Second base, hands below the belt. What? Third base, oral. Mouth stuff. Mouth stuff. <laughs> uh, below the belt. And then um, fourth base is or home, you know. Or home home run is a home run. Yeah. Like, I, I guess I could see that, but I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. I like the other one. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's like one again, I know my parents are going to be listening to this. Sorry about it, mom and dad. But <laughs> as soon as you make that decision to go below the belt, like that, like that's the decision you're making, you yeah. know, not that you have to go all the way. Like you can stop whenever you want to no. clearly, but, but once you've taken, like, that's a whole new thing you're seeing. <laughs> you're crossing the border people. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed, you guys. Um, <laughs> and and I also feel like it's a big step between kissing and like above the belt action. You know, like that's that's a big jump. Yeah. yeah. And in baseball, like going from third, second to third is a big jump because you're really close to like score. Yeah. People start cheering harder yeah. for you. They really yeah. want you to get there. You guys, I'm all dead. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> You should write about it in your journal. In my live journal. I will be the blunt sex therapist <laughs> so you don't have to. <laughs> Back to the live journal. Mine is, is still it? up. I haven't touched <gasps> it in 11, 10 years or something, but it is up. Are you, how do you feel about linking it in the show notes? Yeah, whatever. Oh, damn. It'll be in the show notes. That'll be great. So Six is shocked that Blossom is thinking about going to second base, but won't even define it. And yes, that's. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about earlier, if you yeah. if you can't talk about it, you're not ready. Yes. Mm-hmm. I should also preface that by saying, or I guess like further clarify, being able to talk about it doesn't mean being able to talk about it on a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just with those important to you, you should be able to have these conversations. You don't need to have them with the world. So <laughs> But I will. Well, yeah, Jen, that's your choice. <laughs> so yeah, so so she she wants Blossom to define it. She's like, okay, I'll help you. Will he have contact with actual flesh? And Blossom gets all squirmy <laughs> and uncomfortable and tries to get Six to drop it, saying, you know, just forget that I brought it up. But Six is really stuck on getting Blossom to define it. Mm-hmm. But Blossom brushes it off, saying, it may be in the heat of the moment, like dot, 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 I don't know. And Six points out that if she lets the heat of the moment take her, she'll slide into third real fast. And then Six asks the most important question, which is, is Jimmy pressuring her to do anything? That is a brilliant question to ask because mm-hmm. young women are often pressured into doing things that they're not ready to do. Yeah. Luckily, this is not the situation. Mm-hmm. That episode is for another day. <laughs> yeah. So good on Jimmy. He's from what we see, he's very respectful. Mm-hmm. He really cares about Blossom. And mm-hmm. I wish there was more Jimmy in this series because he seems like a genuinely 
nice guy. Yeah, for sure. Did you guys talk with your best friend about this type of stuff when you're in high school slash university? We did like a little bit, but I don't remember like having conversations about, I think I'm going to like do this thing with my boyfriend. Like, I don't remember ever having like, we're planning to do, we never had planning conversations. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there were details after the fact. And even by saying details, like not details, it was more of a, this happened and nobody was like, but how? Yeah. Did you talk to no, your no, friend? No, 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 okay. no. I, I never talked about this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because the TV and movie stereotype is guys like locker room talk, right? Yeah. I'm also not really a guy guy. That's true. So I don't know if that, mm-hmm. if that happened. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think at the end of the day, if a friend, unless like we were having one of those conversations, like we were really having a one-on-one. And a friend just launched into, and here's the play-by-play. I'd be like, I'm fine, though. Like, I don't need to know any of this. And also, like, what we're seeing here isn't locker room talk by any means, right? It's Blossom talking to her best friend about what she is considering doing with her body mm-hmm. it's not like oh me and jim like me and jimmy fucking did it like you know she's not <laughs> she's not like bragging to to six about how big jimmy's wang is right like, <laughs> i love this episode <laughs> so blossom explains that it's not really well six asks if it's blossom's idea and blossom says you know it's not really an idea it's just a feeling mm-hmm. and she says she explains it as a scared to death feeling which six says is good because It can be hard to stop once you get going or so she's heard. And so feeling scared is good because it makes you really think about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Which I actually really liked. Uh, yeah, that was great insight. Six is on the ball in this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Six has, is really insightful in this episode. And she says, probably my favorite line, which is, you know, seems like only yesterday we were starting to wear bras and here we are talking about taking them off. <laughs> the time go. <laughs> okay. And Blossom is absolutely mortified. <laughs> That's hilarious. Get yeah. a sense of humor, Blossom. Back in the present, someone's knocking on Blossom's door. It's Joey again. He asks if he can come in. Blossom says no. And he goes, really? Oh. <laughs> so Blossom concedes and she lets him in. He asks if she's mad because Nick said not to bother her. So, of course, he came up right away to see what was wrong. Which is so annoying, but so So sweet sweet. at the same time. Yeah. So Blossom says nothing's wrong. She just wanted some privacy. But Joey can't seem to wrap his head around the idea that she would want to be all alone by herself. And then Tony shows up. Same thing. Nick told him Mm -hmm. that Blossom wanted to be left alone. So he also wants to know what's wrong. And I love that they care so much about her. But just because you want to be left alone doesn't mean anything's wrong. Yeah, my life. (laughs) So Blossom tries to explain, you know, nothing's wrong. I just wanted to be left alone. I just wanted Mm -hmm. some time to think. But as she's saying this, Joey pulls out his emergency survival bar that Tony gave him and begins (laughs) eating it. And Tony and Joey get into this argument. Joey saying it is an emergency because he's hungry. And also there's no room left in his earthquake kit. he has everything he needs which is a hair dryer a week's worth of clean underwear and condoms because Mm -hmm. disasters bring people closer together they continue their argument as they leave tony's saying you know this is about survival like you're insane joey and joey says no no i'm talking about survival too because if i'm the last man alive i'll need to repopulate the earth and then you'll be glad that i had the condoms i mean if he's gonna go wrong a certain way that's the right direction to go wrong i guess well and we also learned last season that condoms aren't 100 foolproof so he will i guess 
depending on how many times he does it, repopulate the earth. He's doubling her up now. Yeah. <laughs> he has the fear in him. So the boys leave. Blossom gives back to her diary. And she says that her talk with Six made her realize how important her decision is and that she wants to think with her head and not just her ho- hormones. And then she lets her hormones do the talking as she de- describes Jimmy's dreamy hazel eyes, his flawless skin <laughs> and his soft brown hair. And that, you know what, she needed to talk to someone level headed. So she went to Nick for advice. Blossom finds Nick in the kitchen working on his eulogy. He's frustrated. His friend died and all he can think of is a cheeseburger because his friend really wanted a cheeseburger last week, but he didn't have it because it was too unhealthy. So he had a sprout sandwich instead and he still had a heart attack. Obviously, Mm. he's he's thinking about he could have just had the cheeseburger. Like, had we known this was going to happen, he should have just done the thing that was going to make him happy and not gone the healthy route. This crosses my brain so often. It's it's crazy. Like, do you just live, live life versus? Yeah. Especially since, especially with the last year that we've gone through. Yeah. It's, uh, (laughs) I laugh out of awkwardness because of how, like, I'm sure I've had these thoughts in the last 24 hours as well. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so frequent, especially like I'm getting older now. You're just like, do you do this or that? And like, but you want to stay alive longer, healthier for your kids, obviously. And then, but then just maybe randomly, like something will just happen life is random sometimes <sighs> yeah it's 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 heavy yeah it is heavy it's such a little part but it's so it's such a big part of my life right now that's so weird to see it played out so small on a show yeah right yeah i brought that down no it's okay no, that, that is, <laughs> the scene brought it down yeah, yeah it's a heavy it's a heavy part and yeah, you know, as we were discussing, it is quite small and it seems a little bit out of place. And I feel like the point of this whole subplot is so that Nick in this scene gives Blossom, quote unquote, the wrong advice and then mm-hmm. has to like go and give her different advice later. But just because that may have been the reason why this was included doesn't mean that it's not something that's real or relevant mm-hmm. to, to think about. Yeah. yeah. So now we're sad. <laughs> so Nick, Nick apologizes to to venting to Blossom and asks her what what's on her mind. And we get this cute moment where there's a voiceover of Blossom saying, Dad, I'm thinking of going to second base with Jimmy. But what she actually says is, oh, nothing, and gives him a big smile. She does say that she has a decision to make. And Nick's advice is when in doubt, carpe diem. Mm-hmm. He's the cheeseburger. Oh, Nick. He tells her that she only li- lives once. YOLO. And we we can't get. Can you imagine we said YOLO? Yeah, the first YOLO. Um, he told her that she only lives once, and she can't give in to fear. Moments are fleeting, and they're over in a blink of an eye. Blossom, knowing what she's asking about, she says, mm-hmm. "You know, she's not quite sure, but but Nick is sure. He's never been more sure of anything in his life." <laughs> Again, knowing what she's thinking about and what Nick would probably say if he knew, she says, "Well, do you want me to tell you?" what the thing is and he says no it doesn't matter life is short i'm telling you to go for it in a big way life is short grab a cheeseburger yeah cheeseburger is a penis yeah (laughs) but i love through the whole scene like blossom clearly knows that he would not be saying no yeah so it's so funny watching her accept the advice well knowing that like that's not the real advice it's really funny watching her brain like try to reconcile the two things that she's hearing yeah and yeah are you sure like i'm sure if you heard what the thing was you wouldn't say that no no yeah. doesn't matter <laughs> the cheeseburger is a penis <laughs> so if you've ever wanted merch for in my opinionation oh my god uh vote for cheeseburger is a penis i will make that shirt right now so 
back in Blossom's room, she narrates that her dad has always been supportive, but this is pushing the envelope. So she decided to think about what Nick and Six said and reread her copy of What Every Teen Should Know by Dear Abby. And we get a cute scene of her highlighting literally every word in the book. Now, if you're like me and didn't know what What Every Teen Should Know was, it was a booklet that was published in 1987 by advice columnist Abigail Van Buren, commonly known as Dear Abby. It was written to help parents break the ice with teens when it came to the sex talk. It's kind of hard to find information about this. You can't really buy it anywhere on the internet. But I did find a reference in a 2020 Dear Abby column published on the Chicago Sun-Times website. At the bottom of the article, it had a little blurb that said, what teens need to know about sex, drugs, AIDS, and getting along with peers and parents is in what every teen should know. And and the purchasing instructions were to send a self-addressed envelope with an $8 USD money order to a specific address. So the only, you can still purchase this pamphlet, mm-hmm. but you have to do it the old school, like send wow. a money order. And yeah. See if I needed an old lady that talked to me about sex as a teenager, I would just listen to sex with Sue. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like that's what we did in the nineties. This is why they should have kept Agnes on the show. Yeah. <laughs> So we then move to Blossom preparing for her date. Nick rushes into the room. He clearly realized what Blossom wanted (laughs) advice on earlier. And he says that he may have led her astray with his seize the cheeseburger advice. And that instead she should use her good judgment and that she's still young and there's no need to rush things. He ends by telling her she can always come to him if she needs advice with big decisions. Mm -hmm. Big cheeseburgers. Yeah. Well, and on the way out of the room, he just mutters under his breath. I hate this. <laughs> this was so good. I love it because like the last scene was pay- played for laughs, but Nick's not that stupid. Like I like that they show him realizing what he just did. Well, and I also like that we see a growth of Nick from last season where mm-hmm. he was very against Blossom dating anybody. And he, I mean, we, he still kind of is. He doesn't like Jimmy, even though Jimmy seems to be a perfectly pleasant young man but instead of running in and being like you can't go on this date he runs in and just you know tells her basically that he trusts her and to use her good judgment yeah yeah like that maybe just sees a normal hamburger yeah (laughs) not the penis guy not not the cheeseburger so (laughs) blossom narrates that everything on the date was just right it was perfect she felt comfortable and we crossfade to the date and they're in the back of jimmy's brother's car there's a joke about his brother being a clown, which I don't, I don't, that, that seemed out of place. I don't think we needed that at all. They just needed the funny sound. Yeah. So they're making out and Blossom suddenly realizes that Jimmy hasn't even said I love you yet. And how can she take such a big step with someone who hasn't said that? You don't need an I love you for a boob grab, but that's just a personal preference. Go well, on. Well, but when you were 15, <laughs> would you think that though? Like, you, don't make me answer that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So they pull away from each other. I have other. the journals to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> Save me from myself. Please keep okay. talking. So they pull away from each other. They're kind of looking at each other. And Jimmy says, Blossom, I really like you. And Blossom decides that's close enough. And they resume making out. And our narrator, Blossom, wonders. If that was enough, did she feel safe? Was she really ready? Was Jimmy the one? Or should she wait? But suddenly the answer to her was clear. And just as she's about to write what her choice was in the diary, an earthquake hits. Tony comes rushing into the room, ecstatic that he was right. An earthquake was on the way. Everybody should have listened to him. He was right. They dive under Blossom's desk and Blossom grabs their diary off the desk. I will say I love the long, long run from the beginning of him planning for an earthquake to have the earthquake happen at the exact moment that maybe they went to second base. 
maybe further. I love, yeah, that's such a fun TV trope that they did here. Like, they did it well. Yeah, it was so well planned. It's a few minutes later. The earthquake has ended. The Russo's living room is a mess, but nothing large has toppled over. Just, you Mm -hmm. know, some pictures are kind of hanging crooked. The lamp shade is crooked, but nothing's fallen over. So it wasn't a terrible earthquake. Nick comes running in from the kitchen and Blossom and Tony come running down the stairs. Joey is still hiding under the coffee table. Nick coaxes them out. Joey's still completely scared. (laughs) His little whimpers are so cute. I know. He's just completely terrified. Nick goes to check the gas lines. Tony's in charge of the radio and Blossom is responsible for comforting Joey, (laughs) who is now hiding under a blanket. As she's comforting him, she finishes her diary entry. She says that she realizes that if she had written this very personal detail down in her diary and she had died in the earthquake, then somebody somewhere could have known a lot of things that she would rather people not know that Mm -hmm. she wanted to keep private for herself. And as she's writing this, Joey kind of peeks out from the blanket and is reading (laughs) over her shoulder. And then the aftershock hits. So he goes back under the blanket. The power goes out. Blossom closes her diary, turns on a flashlight and comforts her brother. And that is how the episode ends. Yeah, she gives him a kiss on the cheek. So do you think she did it? I don't know. And I think that's kind of the point is that it's nobody's business. No, it's not. But do you think she did it? Yeah, I think think the earthquake was the illusion to her going through with it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I like that they kept it open in the script. I was just curious what you guys thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think like for me, I don't think it's important whether she did it or not. I think what's important was her decision making process and like Mm -hmm. learning like she's growing up. Right. And learning to take these new steps and that, you know, she wasn't feeling pressured to do it. She was thinking about it because it's something that she wanted and that the guy that she was thinking about doing it with was genuinely sweet and kind and a good match for her. It seemed. Yeah, she did. (laughs) I still think she did it. So outfit of the week, Jen, I really liked the Fred and ginger outfits. They were incredibly cute. Although I will say Blossom looked less like Ginger Rogers and more like she reminded me very much of like 1960s Barbra Streisand Mm -hmm. in like funny girl. She has this very sleek twist updo with like this ornamentation. It it was just gorgeous. So she she reminded me of a young Barbra Streisand. Eric? Mine is obviously Joey's outfit with (laughs) the the print shirt, gold chain, black vest with I, I want to say flowers on it, but it sort of looks like dinosaurs. So I'm going to say it's dinosaurs. I thought it was dinosaurs. Yeah, sweet. Um, He has a fanny pack that sort of looks platy, but I can't really tell. It's definitely red. And then, mm-hmm. you know, jeans, as is the custom of the day. So I, I'm trying to go with the outfit in each episode that when they come on screen, I go, oh, that's neat. Or I would wear that. Mm-hmm. So my outfit for this one was the outfit Blossom wears in the scene with Nick in the kitchen. She has an oversized white flowy button down shirt with instruments all over it, black leggings or very skinny jeans. But I don't think skinny jeans were a thing then. So I think they're probably black leggings. Mm -hmm. And she has an orange headband that I thought was pretty neat. So it has a big knot right on the top. But then the ends are tied around her ponytail, which I thought was an interesting way to wear a headband. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, So lesson of the week, Eric. Don't keep diaries. (laughs) (laughs) You say as you send yours out to the world. <laughs> I'm going to read you guys a excerpt of that by the end of this episode. Okay. But I don't know. Um, I think I, I, I liked uh, Nick's idea of seize the day, but there is there is the you have to think things through. That mm-hmm. is sort of through. I also like the non-pressuring of uh, like when Six is talking to uh, Blossom about making sure that boy who has many names 
does not pressure her. Yeah. Jen? <laughs> Mine was only you can decide when you're ready for something. And I think that was based off of the, the six and blossom conversation where, you know, blossom was saying, no, I don't have a plan. I just have a feeling like pairing that with six's idea that if you're a little bit scared, that's a good sign. Cause it means you're aware that whatever you're doing is, or will be a big deal. Mm -hmm. So if you make that decision, it means it was the right one. And I really like that knowledge and that barometer is going to be totally different Bases aside, yeah, that barometer is going to be different for everybody. Yeah. And I also, because it's me, I, I said that and then I said, fuck society. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was similar to, to yours, Jen, which was, yeah, that line from, from six, feeling scared is good because it makes you really think about what you're doing. Yeah. And I think this is... Yeah, like, you know, you do have to think. My cat is so distracting right now, you guys. Uh, <laughs> she just, she wants attention so bad. She's seizing the day. Yeah, she's seizing <laughs> the day. She's so feeling scared is good. I, you know, I think about every time before I step on stage, feeling butterflies, like feeling nervous about it. And it, it's, you, you get a better performance when you're, you, when you're nervous, it means you care about it, right? Yeah, exactly. It means you're, it means you really care about it. And yeah, it does make you kind of slow down and think about like, why am I doing this? Is this mm -hmm. the right choice? And I also like it because being scared shouldn't stop you from doing something just to make you think about it before mm -hmm. you do it. Right. Like yeah. you can be scared to jump off the high diving board, but that doesn't mean you're not going to jump off the high diving board. Yeah. It just means you're going to think it through. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think the most important lesson we learned today is that the cheeseburger is a penis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me today, guys. I, get me out of here. <laughs> so, so let's, let's get to our scores. So Jen, out of, out of five cats that won't stop meowing. Out of five sushis. <laughs> you know what? When I was watching it on my own, I started at a three, but the more we've had the conversation, I think I'm upping it to like a 3.5 to a four. So I think us talking about it has made me appreciate it more. I think just the, the jarring cuts at the beginning threw me off a little bit. Yeah. And that was my biggest thing. So Eric. Yeah. I'm going to go with a 4.5 and maybe a four. No, 4.5. I really liked this episode. The only things that weirded me out were Jimmy being there and yeah. being <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> and then Nick uh, sort of, you know, brushing off the whole his friend dying it was yeah. or like he wasn't brushing it off, but the storyline sort of brushed it off. Yeah. It was a plot device to. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I gave it a, I gave it a five. Okay. Blossom is a year older than when we started last season. So I think that this was a good entry point to say the problems are going to be a year older, like the, mm -hmm. the problems that she faces and deal with. And I thought this was a really good jumping off point for that. It's a good progression with Blossom growing up in terms of the content and the tone as well. I noticed mm -hmm. a little bit of a shift in tone from where we were last year. It was a little a little more grounded. It's still sitcom -y, but a little more grounded. Yeah. And I also think there was some really good, clear advice sprinkled throughout. So like, you know, the stuff we picked out for lesson of the week, being able to talk about stuff before, you know, not jumping into stuff before you can talk about it. Mm -hmm. And also shared some good resources at the, from the time, like the Dear Abby booklet. So I, I just thought it was a really, I, I just really, I really enjoyed it. So next week we're doing uh, season two, episode two, Here Comes the Buzz. And Eric, why don't you lead us out with your dramatic reading of your live journal? This was posted. On December 4th, 2003, at 5.55 p.m., I was 22 at the time. I'm 40 now. My mood, confused. <laughs> Music, Coldplay, a rush of blood to the head, the live version. So, wow, my first journal thingy. I don't even know what to type. 
dot, dot, dot. Hopefully this won't suck, but I guess we'll see as this goes along. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I'm going to see what the others have written. So yeah, I have so much shit to do for school. It's ridiculous. Essay is coming out of my ass and they're all late, but salvation is coming soon. I swear one day I'll be done them. And that'll probably be when I have to study for exams. <laughs> we'll put the link to this in the show notes. So thank you everyone for listening. I still don't have a sign off yet. So bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Zane Busby. Cheeseburger is a penis. Thanks for listening to In My Opinionation. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IamOpinionation, our website at IamOpinionation.com, or email us at OpinionationPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your opinionation about this or any future episodes. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, the sun is going to surely shine.